What's up and welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on TheExposedRadio.com. I'm your host, Nate. We have a great show uh, prepared for you tonight. We have uh, three great guests. Uh, a film that is premiering in September will be uh, will be premiering in September. We have the writer, director, uh, producer, everything, uh, and two of his stars, uh, David being the writer, plus, 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 plus. Uh, and we have Miss Cindy Hancock. Uh, and soon we'll have on as well, Mr. Asim. Did I say it right? I was confident. So you can unmute um, um, yourself, uh, David. So we're gonna bring on first, Mr. David uh, Marcus. Uh, he is the writer, director, producer, uh, filmmaker. How you doing, sir? Un unmute yourself. How, How you, you feeling, man? I was I'm real good. confident. I've been saying this man's name for like three days now, and I was confident. But you're going to tell me how to say it real quick. Yeah. He, he, I see him as right, but he goes by awesome. Awesome. Like okay. the word awesome. Uh huh. Okay, yeah. uh, that's his Instagram as well. So we'll he'll be joining us shortly. Uh, but first, I'm gonna start with Mr. David. How you doing today, sir? I'm fantastic, man. Other than this thunderstorm, crazy storm we got going here in Baltimore, I'm good. I'm not complaining because it's been hot as hell the last few days. So I'm gonna just take it the way I can get. It. Just that's right. Night. That's right. You absolutely you right, today, man. sir. I'm feeling good. How you doing good to be here. Everything so you is good. You have a film coming out. You have a film uh, about to premiere shortly. And this isn't your first film. So tell us a little bit about who you are and how you started doing films. Um, Mom, I started writing period back in um, 2012 is when I published my first book. And I've had, I'm, I'm on my... Um, I have four published books now that I've penned and one, a fifth that I um, was a ghostwriter for. But okay. around 2000, um, how I got in the film, around 2013, I would say, 14, I entered a script because I said, you know what? I wanted to transition in the film. <laughs> and I entered a script into um, a writing contest that Will Smith had. And okay. I entered the script, and a year and a half later, man, I seen a script come out, a popular show that we all love called Blackish, mm -hmm. using my family, the family name that I use, the same premise, same everything, and got enrolled in this ugly lawsuit. Cost me money that I didn't have, and I couldn't keep up with the fighting. I had lawyers, a lot of lawyers want to take my case, but in situations mm -hmm. like this, they know they can take from the small guy because they don't have the money to fund it. You got to start happens, so saying that Social media anyway. is now your best <laughs> litigator. So now you got we got to start going to social media it, it now is. when those things come up. Don't just keep it in the court because the social media kind of get things it moving is. in a different way. So what was the result of that? And you're absolutely right. And it was a lesson learned. Um, I didn't win, but I didn't win because the judge 
threw it out, my representation dropped on me because of money, and I ended up representing myself. There's a story that mm-hmm. I'm going to tell one day because they're going to have to see me because I'm still coming. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But with, with all of that um, and the frustration with that, it birthed something great, which is me starting my own publishing company with my partner, um, Antoine Chambers. And then I ended up releasing my first film in 2018. And we're rolling again with the second one, um, Life of an Alpha Male, coming out in September. So on the business side of it, what did you learn differently to do different this time from that first time? I would never pitch a script ever again. I would never, because what I learned from it is copyright doesn't matter. It's all about you pitch it and basically if you, how you expressed it. Like if you film something yourself, then you control a better chance of um, basically somebody not stealing your work because it's not about the idea, it's about the expression of the idea. So I just learned a lot as far as copyright laws are concerned. And I sadly, I learned how easy it is to steal from someone. Mm-hmm. I really did. Yeah, I learned how easy it is to do. Like, I hear people all the time say, have your paperwork in order? That's not the case. I would never enter a competition ever again. And it's funny that even my lawyers are looking into, people started saying that they believed, and you can find the articles online, that that competition and these type of competitions are to get ideas a lot of times. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I got stung big time from that. But I learned a lot about copyright laws and, and having my business in order. Okay, we're going to have to have you on one time to do a master class on that, sir. Because there are a lot of people, there are a lot of authors now who would like to transition, but they don't know that that game of, you know, stealing is real. Uh, and how devastating it can be to see your work up on, on the screen in that way. It definitely is, man. And I'm glad you said that I am going to do something helping other writers and explaining to them um, how it can happen to them and mm-hmm. how they can protect themselves and, and things, other routes they can go. Because what happens when you up and coming, you kind of green, man. Any opportunity you see for someone to listen, mm-hmm. you're going to pitch. Like I, you see it all the time with people and their mixtapes and throwing around. At least that's a produced product. But I heard Ludacris tell a similar story when I was going through it. How did he stole from him? Because he was green in the early part of it and just trying to get something heard, but not going the proper way with representation and all that good stuff. So this time I would have representation if somebody looked at my script the next time, not just and, me. And even something. just on the creative side of it, I mean, that's the extreme and that's a norm, actually. But another part of it is even creatively, you have to watch what inspires you. Because it's very easy to take bits and pieces from things and create something totally new without realizing it first. Uh, but it's very important that you create from a, a, a good space. Most good writers go isolate themselves when they're in that writing process. Uh, and that's how you can tell a good writer. And I'm not saying that's all of them, but that's normally a good sign of somebody who's trying to cut off any type of interpretations that may seep into their work. Uh, but that game of Hollywood and entertainment is real, and you have to really navigate it in a way where 
you have all your T's crossed and I's dotted. Um, but beyond that, working on this current project, uh, I, we talked briefly before, but you wanted to kind of expose uh, the idea of the alpha male. Uh, why? Um, because something you said, I tried to, everything I've written so far, even mm -hmm. the blackest thing, everything I've written is, is normally I try to make sure it's kind of an original concept or something, a story that I don't feel like has been told before or something told a certain way. I'm not that kind of mm -hmm. writer that's like trying to be the next Spike Lee or trying to be the next such and such. I want to deliver mm -hmm. what's inside of me and what I was put here to bring. And the alpha male story is just a walk that I feel like I can relate to. And I don't feel like anybody has told the story of the alpha male and the dating life, but the gift and the curse, because sometimes they show this ladies man, but they don't show the losses and pain that can come with being that guy. And I was like, man, even my star awesome when he comes on, as soon as he read the script, he called me and said, man, I'm so glad that somebody's finally telling the story. So the so once once uh, we have all the cast members on, we will get into that conversation of what is an alpha male and what are the stereotypes and all that. But how much of you is in this story, or your um, story is in this story? It's based on true events, so a lot of me is in this story. My lifestyle and my past is all throughout the characters, all throughout the pages. And everything that you see, a lot of things really happened. And I just so we created this have security at the, at the open. And is that look, what you're look, I invited my ex-wife, and she said she was going to come. I invited her to see. We're going to a nice little spot over on the side. <laughs> look, security and so, all that. Sometimes I send her pieces of it when we're editing, and she okay. goes, wow, I remember that situation. Well, I remember that story. Wild is a good thing. Wild is a good thing. Okay. Okay. We go. Right. Because. You're not going to tell us the other comments. You're not going to say none of that. We're going to stick with Wild. <laughs> look, look. Right. <laughs> but, and she, <laughs> that's funny you said that because there <laughs> was a few other comments. Mm -hmm. But she's familiar with the story because she edited the book. This is from my okay. book. And I wrote the book in 2016. Okay. Yeah. So. With so many people doing this, how do you feel like David is going to stand out amongst a crowd of movie makers and, and authors turned filmmakers? How do you how do you want to stand out? I'm, the, what I the, what I get consistently is actually what I strive for, and mm -hmm. that's relatable and thought provoking thought provoking content. And that's, it's like, it's always dope to me when your goal actually happens, like what you wrote, written something for. And I always say that I want thought-provoking and relatable content. And in my DMs, text messages, reviews, if you kind of look on Amazon and anything mm -hmm. you see people commenting on my YouTube, you'll see consistency all throughout the different projects. They'll mm -hmm. say very relatable or thought-provoking. So that's what I strive to do in my words. Did you? I mean, I know you said writing was something you did, but was it this? Was this part of the goal? Was this part of the plan? Even when you were younger, 
No, but it's funny you brought up younger because my uncle, when I started pursuing this, he um, referenced how I was a child. I was probably about 11 or 12. He had, I don't know how old you are, but back in the day, mm -hmm. it used to be the big camcorders you put on your shoulder. Yeah. When to say I'm 38, put, I, I, okay, I had to hold that yeah, at a plenty okay. family function. <laughs> and you put you put the you put the big VHS in, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And close it. So my uncle had one and I actually he showed me how to use it. I was about 12 years old and I fell in love with it. And he ended up giving it to me because I was making little skits mm -hmm. with my cousin for holidays. Okay. They fight and then swing and disappear. I was learning how to cut on and off the camera to do my own little in shot edits, you know what I mean? Because I didn't have an edit. And and they used to love it. So I, I was doing that back then and got away from it. So I guess it's not strange once I tapped into this writing thing right. and found out that I really had a gift. And it's just been flowing since then. Now, what's your learning curve? As, as we, as artists, we often are, it's easy for us to jump into a different platform. How are you uh, learning as you're going along? Um, you learn from mistakes. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times people don't actually, they'll have a great idea. Um, won't do the research because I'm online a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm online YouTube a lot. University. Um, YouTube. Oh, man, I I'm going to write a book about that one day. I'm just funny you said that. That's going to be my title, YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I was calling it Lexus University because sometimes I'll ride and just listen and let mm -hmm. the material sink in. But just reading different books. Um, and once I did that, I actually took action. A lot of people won't take action. And then you learn as you go along. It's okay. People, if they love your work, they'll accept mm -hmm. your flaws with your work. Right. Like sometimes but it has to be growth. It, to be it has to be growth. Yeah. And like you see, and I'm sure my and like with the first film, we did it. We had great reviews, man. We sold out Hoyt's movie theater, was the first independent to do it, sold out 360 seats, and then ran seven shows behind it, packed screenings and mm -hmm. packed all those out on my first film, where of course. We didn't have matching cameras. You know what I mean? We didn't have, we just had a team. And so mm -hmm. this time, then we took the money we made and reinvested it in ourselves and bought new equipment and new cameras and new audio. And you'll see the jump from the last time. We're just growing as we go along. But I believe a lot of it, I credit to, man, a God-given gift because nobody mm -hmm. taught me this stuff. Well, the passion just, just something and, uh... that was really the raw talent and the passion has to be there, but I'm I'm glad mm -hmm. that I'm sitting in front of somebody who's not afraid to learn and grow because some people mm -hmm. get into this and it's their way and they get mad when they don't advance or when people don't support it. And it's not because it's not good, but if you're not listening and learning as you go along, you're just regurgitating the same mistakes over and over again. And people can see that. It's very obvious. Uh, and people don't want to invest. You know, uh, we talked briefly before, and I was saying engagement is very important for artists today, especially artists of color, because we are very critical of the things that we spend our money on. So connecting with people and telling your story, 
and connecting you to the things that you want to do is very uh, is very in, important. Uh, Bania says it has to be growth. Uh, and, and, and just as artists, you have to not be afraid of just growing and maturing and getting yourself out there. Um, in terms of the people you look at for inspiration uh, or you looked at in terms of getting into this, who are some of those filmmakers or writers or creatives that you look to? It's, it's, it's two that stand out for me, and I can tell you the reasons why. Spike Lee, just because I love how he incorporates everything that he loves in his films, in a lot of his mm -hmm. films. He incorporates where he's from. He's not afraid to stand up and shoot or talk about any subject matter. And that's right. me. I'm the same way when it comes to that. But it's still entertaining, even with all of the um, tough conversations that his films will make you have, it's still entertaining. And that's why I say entertainment with a purpose. And then mm -hmm. Tyler Perry, not so much from um, the filmmaking part, but the grind and the putting yeah, the his people on and the loyalty to everybody that was loyal to him and basically him building it himself. Because sometimes if you're patient and can take that long route, if you have the talent to build it yourself, you can, like the tortoise in the head, you can fly past a lot of people mm -hmm. that were ahead of you in this game just by owning everything. So, so, so do you, yeah. that does that mean you about to run away to Atlanta or Cali or New York? Because you just mentioned No, nah, no. Nah. Okay. I said put the people on loyal to me. I believe that we up next here. I tell my, I tell the DMV that all the time. I believe mm -hmm. there's so much talent and so many filmmakers here that I even admire. So I believe that we up next. So we're going to okay, keep it here. I'm a, we, we got this. This is live. I'm going to record it. I'm going to cut this part out. Uh, and it's not a no shame to Atlanta or to uh, California or New York, but I'm, I'm I want especially us Baltimorean artists to understand we can be international artists from any address. Um, and I know those places have a little bit more established, uh, but it's time for us to make those establishments here in the DMV area and in Baltimore, or more more importantly, the DMV area, because uh, we have so many of our great artists and not so great artists that go off and give those resources to those places. Uh, and we really have to develop that here and, and travel, grow, work other places, but make sure at home is always taken care of. Think about it. I mm -hmm. agree 100%, and that's our plan. Mm -hmm. Every sound, even in music, the New Orleans South, somebody had to start it and stay where they were and build it where they are. Mm -hmm. And that's what right. we plan to do. Yeah. So right. you could document it. I mean it. <laughs> Without you even asking me, I mean it. <laughs> so I'm a, we're going to talk about this a little bit too, but tell people what to expect from this film. If you had to give it an overall um, message, what should they expect from it? The overall message would be mm -hmm. that Everything you see that with the guy with the it factor or this magnetism and ladies, man, isn't all um, glitter and gold. And that is behind the scenes. So I put him in therapy so you can understand the entire plight and not just um, the glitter and gold, because that's what people like to show you. And you can see the emotions he goes through and the losses and pain that can sometimes come with that lifestyle, especially if you have a family. And the women involved dating that guy, they'll see them, themselves in the characters too. 
So everybody's going to leave the theater talking and thinking. I'll tell you that they're going to leave talking and thinking. So you, you said you said you do a lot of research for your projects. In terms of that therapy aspect, how much research have you done personally or specifically for this project? So let me tell you why. It's, and it's funny, it's therapy in both of my projects. And I'm glad you asked that question because I experienced it. Me and my ex probably at any saw... moment. I'm going to just give you that out. No. I'm going to give you no. that out. You, Please defend talking, whenever you, you need you, to. Look, my work is as transparent as I am in person. You know what I mean? So that's, I'm telling you people love that. But we went to see a lot of therapists. So everything mm -hmm. that I didn't like about therapy, I created in the therapists in my films. Mm. And I'm going to just keep, I'm gonna just keep it like that? that. Okay, so one of the things that, that I believe um, in therapy, I believe that the couples aren't always forthcoming. Like, mm. you and the therapist is a professional, so they won't call you out on it, not mm. being forthcoming. And in my films, the therapist, that's like the guidelines and the paperwork to both the therapist and both films that Anytime I catch you lying, I call you out on it. And when they call the couples out, the characters out in the film, the people watching are going to be thinking, that's the lies that I tell my therapist. Wow. It's going to make people think about how they're really behaving in their relationship. Trust me. <laughs> but because it, it's weird how we choose to go to therapy, but yet we don't become completely honest. And it's a trust thing. That's, of course, what it is. But is this weird that we do that? Like, you go ahead to get help. Why not give them all of the information to go by? And the therapist in, in the film say, how can I help you if you're not being honest? Mm. It's like I'm giving you advice on a fictitious situation. I'm giving you advice on something that didn't even happen. So I'm not mm. even, I can't truly help you unless you're honest. So, and you're right. going to see she digs all into him and you, like you said, you have right here, she'll tell you. <laughs> but uh, uh, so in terms of this therapy component, will that be kind of one of the things that you're known for throughout your projects? Or, or was that a thought? Or has that been a thought? No. And, and the only reason, see, you're going to get, is a connection between the two films. I'm going to just say mm -hmm. that. That's why it's okay. therapy in both. But the okay. audience will see the connection. But but the rawness, the rawness and the truth you'll you'll see consistently in in everything I've done so far. Mm. All four books and, and everything that I write, I'm known for that. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we're gonna bring on one of the stars who plays a therapist, Miss Cindy Hancock. So Stay tuned, stay locked in, go get a friend, go get a snack, because we're about to get into the nitty-gritty of this film. Don't, don't go anywhere. The Artist Exchange Radio Show, only on BigSposedRadio.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Uh. Here I come. Brain is starting to come down. So, Cindy, when we come back, you'll be joining us as well. What the hell are you doing? I ain't nowhere to board a train, you damn stupid. 
You know, he might could have said nincompoop. We ain't no nincompoop. Opening. We're gonna play for you our first tune. It's called Let's Start What We Have Come Into the Room to Do. Right on. Here goes. make a grand entrance. I know who you are. The angel who hunts down those who trespass against him with no mercy. Welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BigSchoolsRadio.com. If you're in the DMV area, please take cover. It is raining cats and dogs. So excuse me if you hear a little rain. We are uh, in the midst of a tornado, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but uh, we're back here. Uh, we just finished talking with David Marcus, the writer, director, producer, everything for uh, the late, his latest film, uh, Life of an Alpha Male. Uh, and we've been talking a little bit about him and what he uh, has contributed to this piece and what his uh, mission is for this piece. But we're gonna bring in now one of the stars of the film, uh, Miss Cindy Hancock. How you doing today, Miss Cindy? I'm doing well, thanks, how are you? I'm doing great. So uh, you heard the conversation so far, and I want to uh, learn a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. I heard you were a dancer uh, as well as being an actress. Uh, so tell us a little bit about who you are and, and your contribution to this piece. Sure. Yes, I am a dancer. I've danced pretty much my whole life throughout the DMV. 
And I got into the whole acting thing maybe about 10 years ago, doing little commercials, extras for this and that, and different Mm -hmm. parts, small parts. So this was my biggest movie. Very excited about it. (laughs) I didn't Mm -hmm. actually audition for this role that I got, although it fits who I am in my personal life, as well as my professional career. So as a therapist, as a counselor, the mental health field. So it it all worked out in the end. And working with David has been wonderful. We had a lot of fun being on set. I learned a lot, you know, about being on set, about putting the movie together. And it was just a great, great cast. So this this not your first film or no, I have done some other okay. films. I had smaller roles okay. in them, but this is my first okay. leading role. Yeah. There's no such thing as a small role. You just stay right. on that show. All right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so uh so the this is a topic matter for the the film. Uh how did you or what's your um take on the alpha male? How do you define the alpha male? I would say alpha male. (laughs) No, because I I get it. I do get it. I understand the alpha Mm -hmm. male. I understand, you know, he's just this guy who's smart, intelligent. He's good looking. um, He has a good job. He just attracts women. So Mm -hmm. it's not that he's just that womanizer, which you see a little bit of that, but he really attracts women. And it, like we said, could be good or it could be that curse. And Mm -hmm. I've met alpha males. I've met alpha women who Mm -hmm. are, you know, deal with that pressure from men, even though they're not out there flaunting everything, but it just comes to them. They don't have to do anything for it. So right. I, I definitely think everybody can will be able to relate to it on whichever side you are. You might not agree with it, or you might not want to be okay. honest with yourself okay. or admit that, wow, that is how this person is. Or, you know, you might have that grudge you're holding. So Without giving too much away, because, you know, David will be mad, uh, <laughs> but how <laughs> do you... Do you understand it differently because of how David attacked it or wrote it to mean or gave it definition? Like in David's words, how how do you feel uh, differently about the alpha male? I definitely feel differently. And also because I played the therapist. So I really got to get into Mm -hmm. it more into the mindset of the character of that alpha male. So it really had me thinking, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, I, I figured this is how it could be, but it really made me sit back and think, wow, okay, so it isn't this way or A, B, and C. You got to, you know, look out the, get out okay. that box and really, really look at what somebody's going through. And it's it's usually deeper than what we see. Mm, mm. So plan the therapist. In this, did you say you were a therapist in real life, or I am a yes, I am a counselor. So okay. I've been a school counselor for twenty-two years. Oh, okay. So in terms of seeing this role from the perspective of a counselor, 
Um, what advice would you give to <laughs> an alpha male? <laughs> to be honest with himself, to mm. truly be honest, to be mm. try to be as honest as he can with the relationships he's in, to step back, mm. don't just jump in and react initially. Step back, try to think it through mm -hmm. before you react. Because like I said, alpha people, things just come to them and, and you just naturally want to respond to it. And if that's your personality, mm. you know, not saying you're a flirt, but you've got that in you, you're going to play back and then that could lead to something else. And it could just be a big, big problem. But I think if you learn how to grasp it, and really work it, you can work it in your benefit. So David, working with Cindy in terms of uh, making this, even though this is her real life, and, and, and people out there who have to cast, typecasting is not bad, it's not a bad thing, it makes your job so much easier, uh, but it's still, a, it's still, you have to still work with the people in terms of being a writer and director. Uh, working with Cindy in terms of bringing this forth Honestly, because you didn't want to make fun of therapy or make therapy something that is not. Uh, what was your um, kind of your notes to Cindy? Um, actually, it was Cindy's delivery. I didn't even know she was a counselor until like she ended up telling us on set mm. at another point. Yeah, the it was just really instinct. Yeah, <laughs> she just really had that poise. Um, Still authoritative, because Ev, that's her name, Ev, she had to be authoritative but have this poise dealing with this alpha male. And Cindy, to me, just naturally exuded that in our auditioning on screen. And I told my partner, Antoine, I said, I know who Ev is going to be, but I'm choosing her, but just watch it and tell me what you think. And I pressed play, and he looked at me afterwards and said, that's Ev. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, and you'll, and you'll see the way she well, handles Well, you know, working with children you can tell, sometimes you can tell us like about working with men. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The way she handled her, you can, you can tell it was natural. Yeah. Mm. But Cindy so, got a little and, and alpha. It, Cindy had some <laughs> alpha in her. Because mm -hmm. I think <laughs> as, you, as you grow and mature, you understand that alpha personality isn't about the reacting. It's about what you don't say. Mm -hmm. It's about what you don't do. Because people are attracted to you. And it has nothing to do with aesthetics. It's normally a vibe and the energy. And I think once, especially men, once you get that, then you are able to control it and control yourself a lot better. Then, like Cindy was saying, responding, just Look. reacting to everything. Mm -hmm. Is it a, uh, Cindy, what, what was your overall experience uh, in this piece? It was an amazing experience. Each, each scene, each time we would go on set, it was very exciting. You know, we, we played, we worked hard, but we also played. And mm -hmm. just that experience of, it really felt like a family. So okay. when it ended, I felt like I was missing my family. I hadn't seen them. I was missing my weekends, being with them. It it was hard. I had to like readjust back to not leaving. And I live in Virginia. So driving, okay. you know, to Maryland. Okay. So, but 
it was a great experience. It was a great learning a commitment. experience. I like that commitment. I love that commitment. Uh, and so we can we can get right into kind of some of the questions that I have and topics that I wanted to uh, bring up in a space where we are seeing so much. Uh, and I hate using this word toxic masculinity, uh, be explored and be tested and be shown in so many different ways. How can a film like this kind of educate or help or support? And either of you can answer that question. Well, I would say it definitely will do all of that, educate, entertain, mm -hmm. and support. I think the education piece will come in from seeing this black male go to therapy and really mm. start to expose himself and be honest as it goes on. So I think mm -hmm. educating our people that it is okay to go to therapy. It is okay to have that extra support and someone to talk to and letting your guard down when you're in there. So hopefully mm. that'll be that education piece. And definitely it's going to be entertaining. Definitely. The different scenes, <laughs> the things that go on, just the, to realize. Shenanigans. The style, yes, the shenanigans. <laughs> you're, it's it's going to keep you wanting more and watching. Mm. David? Um, it's going to be educating to me just when you watch how he evolves throughout mm. the film. That's what I'm going to say without giving away too much. And you see his vulnerability because I wrote it that way because I'm known for trying to put this mirror in front of you. And I mm. believe that mirror is education in that mirror. And a lot of people run from that. Mm. Yeah. So it's going to be, again, people say that my work, I'm all in your attic and your closet and your, I'm, I'm good at that. I'm going to toot my own. I'm really good at going places that most mm. writers don't go. But in a way, you're you putting a lot of your truth in this. Yeah. You're putting a I, lot I of really, your truth in this instead of just exposing everybody else's dirty. You're showing your own it, uh, skeletons as well. And it's written in a way, because if you see that, you might think it's your typical ladies' man, but it's written in a way where I heard you say the toxic masculinity is not glorified at all. It's not. And okay. you'll see when you watch. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Is a teaching. Is the whole you, film. You made a, a statement lesson. earlier. You, you made a statement earlier about uh, that that persona having a lot more than people actually get to see. Um, what? How much of that is exposed? It's the side of the alpha male that we don't often get to see, like the fact that he's in therapy or the fact that he has issues outside of you know having to juggle. <laughs> Uh, all these people at one time, right. but what right. are some of those things that you do shine a light on in terms of um, the things that we don't get to see the, outside of the glam of being an alpha male? His feelings, mm -hmm. like how what mm. things actually make him feel, because a lot of times the alpha male, like you said, that persona, you would think that he moves cold or that he doesn't have feelings, but in therapy, you get to find out how he really feels with certain situations and why he moves. Cause she starts from childhood when she's counseling him. Cause she wants to dig deep in his entire makeup. Like what made him this way? Mm. Yeah. It's, it's good, man. Yeah. So how much of this process did you have to go through, sir? 
What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? I said you can plead the fifth at any moment, sir. We don't have to deflect, but you can plead the fifth. You said I how mean, much? To know the steps of this, because sometimes, I mean, anybody who's been to therapy knows they always go backwards to go forward. Mm -hmm. uh, so to know these mm -hmm. steps, you know, how much of this is your actual experience in, in therapy? Was your, your therapy experience positive? You know, to, to bring a character like Cindy in would lead me to believe that you had a great experience or Cindy may have been the person you wanted to have as a therapist. Like, where were Cindy's, you? Cindy's, Cindy's the person that I wanted to have that I felt could mm -hmm. have cracked my code or got me to lay it all on the line and actually got me to change. So oh that's why Cindy was created. Because she pushes his buttons all throughout the film in a way that the audience is going to be jaw-dropping. It is, when you're watching his emotions. Yeah. And I and I see that you're coming from the perspective of a type of male, but uh, specifically mm -hmm. for us Black men, I think that is a... Uh, a thing that many people don't understand. And you said feelings, the fact that he has feelings. And I think, I think mm -hmm. as black people and specifically black men, many people don't think we feel pain. We, we experience pain. All we know is horniness or maybe excitement or anger. And those are the only three we kind of get to showcase uh, or, or assume that we have. Um, was that important for you that, that we saw those variations or those levels or those different colors of what a man is outside of him just being an alpha male? Of course, because to me, that was that's the only way it would be relatable. Other than that, it's just a stereotypical film about a guy getting a bunch of women. And it's way deeper than that. It's way deeper than that. And it, it takes you on a ride. I'm telling you, look, you're not going to get up and go to the bathroom at all <laughs> doing the film. It's one of those. <clears throat> From start to finish. I'll be looking finish. for the X's anyway. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking for the drama, the, the confusion, uh, but, but jokingly look, uh, saying, but go ahead. No, you, you, I can't wait to hear just the reactions because I know the things that I wrote a particular way for reaction. And I and I just can't wait to see how it hits in the conversation pieces afterwards. Like like mm. Cindy said, you're gonna to relate to one side or the other, or you might be a person that's just completely objective <laughs> and can see that big picture that I tried to get you to see. So everybody's gonna come away with something different based on their experience and who they are. Mm. Cindy, what what do you what would you like men? and women separately to get out of this this film? I think, actually, I think it's as a whole to realize that old cliche, don't judge a book by its cover. You know, get to know somebody mm. a little bit deeper. Realize, like you all were just saying, Black males do have feelings. And so when you really do mm. see this alpha male get into his feelings and and it it's it's really going to touch you you know at some parts of this to really see him deal with what's going on his experiences and i think if we can walk away with that that it's okay to break down sometimes it's okay to go and get that help and support and reach out 
I think that right there is the key. How important do you think your character is in telling this story? I think it's really important because I might not be the <laughs> typical therapist, but I know in, mm. in my own personal, when I'm working with people or children, I'm more of that reality-based therapy, which Ev, mm. Dr. Wilcox definitely is, but she might push it a little more to the limit than I do in my own practice or, you know, when I work with people. So I think it will open the door. It might intrigue them a little bit to wonder if therapy could be like this or if it's like this. So hopefully that'll let them know, hey, I'm dealing with some stuff. Let me go and find a therapist. And every therapist is not going to be the best one for you. So you might have to go through a few. And that's okay, too. Mm. How do you think women will respond to this film? I think initially, oh, they're going to be like, whatever, you know, oh, they're not going to like me. <laughs> what? Forget him. That's why you're getting it. They're going to have that attitude. And that's they're the title be- alone. That's just them being the title. <laughs> right, right. But they're going to slowly, too, melt and mm. open up and realize, whoa, this brother is 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 deeper than he just want this woman, this woman, that woman. So they're gonna, their eyes are gonna open too, and I think it's gonna help women look at men differently as well, or an alpha male. But it might also have them look into themselves of what are we doing, what are we putting out there to these men. So how, how I mean, and I want to answer from both of you, but how do we support an alpha male without like just bashing him? and giving him the whole charge? Well, personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with an alpha male. That's just my opinion. So I don't think it's about bashing. I think it's just about learning more of an understanding and being opening and listening. I think that's the key, communication and listening and being willing you know, to be honest with each other and learn about my experience, your experience. That's how we're going to grow. Mm. What, uh, David, for you, same question. You said, what was the question? You said, what can we, what was the how question you asked? How can we support that person without bashing them or glorifying their bad behavior sometimes? How can we support them? Or in your opinion? You, you, should, you should never glorify the bad behavior. And you have to hold him accountable. Mm. Like um, something you're going to see in the film, women don't always hold the alpha male accountable because of how he makes them feel. The good side. That they're good. So Mm -hmm. he gets away with things that the average guy wouldn't get away with all because how he can make women feel. And so holding him accountable would be be something that um, I say, and keep your foot down, have some standards. The same standards you have with men across the board, have with him, even though I know it's a struggle. Even though I know it's a struggle. And I'll break down how I know it's a struggle. Yeah. And and like I said, it's his job to mature and handle that walk responsibly and not take advantage of that aura that he has or that magnetism that he has. Yeah. 
But that so takes some that time. Moment so when, what was that moment for you where you were finally held accountable? You want me? I'm going to tell you this only because the movie starts this way because it lines up with my life. When I signed my divorce papers, Mm. Just like Mason, just like Mason, when I signed my divorce papers, changed my life. Yeah. And yep. Mason is the lead character. Okay. The leading, the leading, the leading male that goes to see Ed. Yeah. Was it as a moment of disbelief or? No, like, it was just. Was it a slap, re- like a slap in the face? Not a slap in the face, but sometimes guys like that can have this thing where they're so used to women sticking around it becomes a norm and like i said see we're gonna be real about it and there's women watching oh they're so used to it. like jay-z in the song said you don't get me back like that you like he really didn't think that this woman would actually leave in the song mm-hmm. song cry and there's a lot of men that have that and it's like wow it's really over because of my actions. Mm. And you have to own that. A lot of people don't own that. They go back, no, because it's easy to look at the flaws of another person. So easy, but what it made me do was really sit and just look at my actions and be like, man, if I want different results, I would have to move differently in a relationship. Because my wife and and my my, um, daughters mean that much to me. Just like, again, just like Mason. And you get to see that explored in the film. See these things that that men don't talk about, but I'm saying, it. Mm-hmm. yeah. So and and, put, and and kind of putting the skeleton of this together and, and creating the meat and potatoes of it. How how honest did you want to be? I wanted to be. I the same way I said the therapist can't help him unless he's completely honest. I couldn't mm-hmm. help the audience unless I really told my story. Um, and the core of it to the mm. to the good, bad, and the ugly. You know what I mean? That was the only way I was, I was going to help. So I had to. And I'm cool with it. I could, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Because it wasn't just you putting you out there. This is a, what a lot of men suffer from. This is, or even bits and pieces of the problem, mm-hmm. this story, of what a lot of men, if not all men, suffer from. So exposing this is kind of like, Telling the secrets. So, so are you welcomed at the card game now or the, the basketball game? But, 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 <laughs> but see, see, I'm welcome because I don't tell the secrets in a way of giving away the game. Like, what I do is, again, you have to be strategic when you write. What I'll do is, okay. I'm talking about my, I'm talking about myself and my losses mm-hmm. and, and creating this character and what it did to me. But it's not just the men that get exposed in this. Like Ed was just trying to tell you, the women are going to see themselves mm-hmm. too. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. that one-sided kind of guy. Everybody's right. going to see the part they play in this walk. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I get to come to the car. That's how I get to stay at the car game because I keep it balanced. Okay, okay. Got the, moment think, the, moment, <laughs> yeah, the moment you think, the moment... I put out, Yeah, the moment... The moment you think is all exposed, like, oh, my God, boy, wait, wait. And the next second later, they're addressing the women how they behave. And, mm. and that's something I felt like was missing. That's something I felt like is missing in a lot of love stories 
That's why I call us a non-traditional love story. And this is that balance that is necessary when telling a story that we often don't get. For you, Cindy, were you expecting for him to be that honest or for this story to be that honest? Or were you kind of expecting a little fluff, a little... You know, throw my hand, throw my rock and hide my hand type of... <laughs> well, of course, initially when I heard the title and little things, I, I wasn't sure. So I, I, I was a little like, okay, this alpha male mm. and my perception of alpha male. And I guess I could even say, you know, having a little alpha in me, I know how, you know, you could play it and work with it. But once reading the script, I was mm-hmm. like, wow, okay. So he really is being honest and opening up. Did that make your character building uh, easier or were you more relieved that it was going to be an honest depiction of this story? I think it did make it a little bit more easier um, in really getting into that therapist role of, okay, Now we're going to sit here. I know at first I'm going to have to chip away a little bit and play a little bit. And then you'll see in the film, you know, the style of counseling I do will test him. And that's Mm. what it's all about. (laughs) Yes. I can't wait. Please give me, send me the information. Before we go any further, let me know where we can... Can people buy tickets yet? Can they, will this be virtual? Will this be in person? How will people be able to see this? No, they can They can see this at um, Hoist Cinema 14, September 24th, 25th, and 26th. That's our opening weekend to the public. And the tickets are on Eventbrite now. You just search Wiseman Productions and you'll see the Life of an Alpha Male film. It'll say um, Life of an Alpha Male opening weekend. I'll put that in the description when we uh, post this. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show with Mr. David Marcus and Miss Cindy Hancock. So don't go anywhere. The Artist Exchange Radio Show only on BeExposedRadio.com. What the hell are you doing? I ain't nowhere to board a train, you damn stupid nigga. Well, he might could have said nincompoop. We ain't no nincompoop. Open it. We're going to play for you our first tune. It's called Let's Start What We Have Come Into the Room to Do. Right on. Here goes. Thank you. 
while to make a grand entrance. I know who you are. The angel who hunts down those who trespass against him with no mercy. Exchange Radio Show here live only on BeExposedRadio.com. We have the director, Mr. David Marcus, the writer and director, David Marcus, uh, of the film, of his film that is premiering in September, uh, Life of an Alpha Male. And we have one of the stars of this film, Ms. Cindy Hancock, that is joining us. And we've been talking a little bit about the alpha male and what to expect from this film. Uh, before we go any further, can you two uh, tell people how they can find you on social media? Uh, and David, give us a little information on, a little bit more information on how we can people find you on social media, find the film, uh, maybe support you if, if in terms of getting tickets and uh, all that jazz. Unmute yourself. Cindy, you want to go first? Sure. So you can find me with my dance background, Dance Fitness Academy, DFA, on Instagram, Twitter. You can like the page. I teach dance classes. Right now, everything's virtual. I do Zumba classes. So if anybody's looking for some fun exercise, you mm-hmm. can join class. But on Facebook, you can also find me at Cindy Holmes. I'm a real estate agent as well. So. And you can find me on Insta- you can find me on Instagram at dr.ouch at dr.ouch and on Facebook David Lloyd Marcus and on both pages um, in my link tree you can see all my films so far everything I've shot and you can find the movie tickets that are on Eventbrite right now at Wiseman Productions eventbrite.com Okay uh, so as we, um, this is our last segment of the show, I wanted to get a little bit more information on just um, 
why why this project and why now um, and what's coming up what's next um this project I felt like it was due I, I was trying to figure out um, would it be this or would I write a film from uh, my book relationships and I chose life of an alpha male just because I figured it was already kind of in script format because the story that was already written and I just had to tweak it for film. So for my watchers and readers, the, the movie is a little different than the book though. But I felt like it was time to tell the story. Mm. So in terms of the book itself, what what was your overall purpose for writing that book? Um, all that we've talked about, I felt like I wrote, I wrote the book kind of out of frustration because I felt like even going to therapy, like nobody really understood my walk. Like sometimes you give in counseling and you, you, it's hard to give, um, a bear the counseling that a lion needs. You know what I mean? I felt like nobody else, I felt like I've never seen this walk depicted before. And I said, you know what? I'm going to write my story, the one that's unique to me, and see what how people love it. And that's it. I, I think one of the things, and even just in the healthcare system in general, I think we don't pick our healthcare providers. And there, a therapist is a healthcare provider. We don't pick them the same way we pick our friends, the same way we pick the restaurant we like to go to or the team, our favorite sports team, we don't pick them and we normally take whatever our insurance or whatever the clinic or the hospital gives to us. Um, and I think representation, specifically in the healthcare industry, is very important because for people of color, and it's, I, I don't know what where it came from or why or the steeped in racism, people don't think we feel pain. They don't think we feel yeah. the same way that every other human being Feels. And specifically for a black man, they only see you as an see us as an animal. So to give us help, we have to find people who believe what we believe, whether it be spiritually. One of the questions I asked my first therapist was, "Do you believe in God?" That's a, that was important to me because I don't want no psycho science technology answers coming from me. I need somebody who has a faith and fear in God. Uh, to be guiding my life in this, this moment. Uh, but I think we don't give that type of uh, uh, picking when it comes to it. So was it representation that may have been an issue? Or do you think if you chose your therapist no. a little bit more? Um, maybe if I if I chose, that could be one thing. But I want to piggyback on something you just said with that, because you were just reminding me of one of the many frustrations I had that made me write this book. So not only did we go see counselors, but we were in like a marriage church group. And mm. the guys, you know, everybody was sitting around talking. Again, and I'm being honest, and I'm like talking and expressing. I said, man, I said, I was thinking I walk my walk with women. I said, what God showed me was something I didn't know about myself. And I said, that was how ugly I was. Cause I always thought that I was this good looking guy that could get women and they laughed. 
And I'm thinking, I'm serious. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm thinking, I'm pouring my heart out and you laughing because I'm saying, being vulnerable to say I recognize how ugly I was. And so I was just like, you know what? I felt like it was time to write this movie. And I, I said it when I first started doing my YouTube promotion for my books. I said, I believe that this film will be therapeutic for a guy like me. But like you said, for many men, because a lot of his plight and the things that, that he goes through is the walk of many men. So, yeah. Mm. I wrote this out, like I said, it, it was... I don't know if it's just it, representation. I do believe it. I don't know how you can pick or how you could vet um, a counselor. I'm not sure. You have to tell well, me how that's... Just do your first consultation. And that's an interview <laughs> process, not only for them, but for you as well. Absolutely. I think that's okay. So can you speak on that, Cindy? Uh, yes, I that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Usually that first session, you know, the therapist will sit there, the counselor will sit there and ask you all these questions, like an interview. But you mm -hmm. have every right mm -hmm. to ask questions back, you know, mm -hmm. to ask their beliefs, to ask, are you married? Have you ever been married? Do you mm -hmm. have children? And just like... A therapist can say, you know what? I don't think we're a good fit. I really don't think I can work with you. Right. I think you need to shop around for another therapist, which mm -hmm. I think as a therapist to do that, it, it says a lot. And it takes a lot of that person. But right. as, as the person going for therapy, you have that right too. Because you know if you're going to, if that chemistry is there or if, if you seem like you can relate and be open and talk to this person. If you're not feeling it that first time, definitely that second time, why waste your time yeah. going? Your I don't think we know we have that power. The same way if you're doing a job interview, you are interviewing that employer the same way they're interviewing you. Because you want to make sure it's not just about the money, but this is going to be a healthy environment for me. I'm going to have fun here. I'm going to be, you know, accepted here. And, I, and hearing you talk about making therapy a big part of this, uh, film, I, I think we we have to do that because we fall short in that when we pick our mates, we pick somebody because mm -hmm. they cute and we don't ask the questions. I, I do another podcast and one of the things that I said on the first day for me, you will feel like you're in a therapy session because I need to know the important <laughs> questions that we that we are too shy to ask or too lonely to ask because we don't want to ruin this. I don't want to ruin this. I don't want to mess this thing up for me. But if this is not the person for you, why would you be sitting there or giving them your money every session? So you have every right. And to anybody that's listening, that was my first mistake going to therapy my first time. I had a sister girlfriend uh, who told me more about herself than I didn't. I got to talk about me. Wow. And I was, right. and I swear to God, I sit in that, that therapist's office for six months just listening to our stories. And I was like, well, I hope right. something in this helps me out. And then finally, <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I, I don't, I think I'm paying you to shrink yourself. Right. Uh, exactly. But definitely, you have every right. And just make that a first appointment. And that first appointment is normally their consultation with you anyway. And they'll tell you, They'll they'll be honest and say, I don't think, like Cindy said, I don't think this is going to be a good match. I think you need to mm -hmm. shop around a little bit more. And they may not say it in those exact words, but you know that you're not going to be welcome. You know that you're not welcome there. Mm -hmm. 
Right. But definitely shop around. And right. I think representation, and I don't think necessarily as being, you know, a, another black man who has gone through what you've gone, but I think finding somebody who's like-minded, who is open-minded, mm-hmm. who is professional, uh, uh, and will see your problems as, you know, your issues and not, like in my case, making it about them. Uh, but right. that's definitely that's one of the things that I learned uh, in my own walk with therapy. Like you have to shop around. Like you shop around for a good TV or a good car. Like a good therapist is definitely <laughs> shoppable. Cindy, uh, um, in terms of being a counselor, um, what are some of the attributes, and you don't have to get into specific cases, where some of these things kind of, some of these characteristics kind of pop up a little bit. Uh, and, and especially with dealing with children, you know, is it noticeable at a young age or is it not? Or something think, you can figure out? Yes, it is. It's that child who everybody wants to be around. That child everybody will laugh mm-hmm. at. That child, you know, that just has this, this spirit about them that you want to be around this child, even as an adult, you want to go be around that child. So you, you do see that in children, you know, you, you see that child, we see it when, with our family, you can think of one of your um, nieces, nephews, or somebody cousins who it just is fun to be around and lightens up the room when they walk in. So you can see that from a young child and it's, it's going to be that attention they get which is going to either take them negative or positive, but within that, they still have to learn how to balance Mm -hmm. it and how to deal with it when they get older and into relationships. So you do see it in the child. It was interesting what you had just said when you said you was in the the church group and you made that revelation out loud. Where did that take you from that point? Like, what did that, was that something you ever thought about or where did that thought come from? Um, no, I think you said you, you thought that, you wasn't as attractive as you thought you were or something of that. Yeah, because, because, he, because, he, because he showed me that my behavior was ugly and, and that it wasn't attractive. Mm. And sometimes like, so you, you dig and you make me mm. give too much of the movie, but well, Mason, you 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 end up seeing that mm-hmm. he just has to see himself for who he really is, and not mm-hmm. who he thinks, not who he thinks that he is. Because, like I said a little while ago, sometimes the way women respond or what they allow him to do gives him this skewed picture of himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he thinks, hey, everybody sticks around, so I can't be that bad. But but mm-hmm. God did something else with me and showed me something different than um, the world. So so I expressed it. Yes, and, and we don't see we don't ever see that type of um, honesty, especially in our films, without it being too churchy and too you know mm-hmm. melodramatic. And it's never really done with a a responsibility, like having a therapist in it or something that gives mm-hmm. it balance. Because we we tend we tend to glorify the behavior and make it about everything but what it's not, and, mm-hmm. and blame everything, point all the fingers, and at the end of the film, you're normally left with 
So he he gets off scot free. He he gets to continue right, right. his behavior and no you know consequences. No and it be you know he just so happens to fall in love and find the right person, but there's never any accountability. Right. And it's like a false no. bottom, a rock bottom that he hits. Yeah. No, this this one is real life. This is different. <laughs> I'm gonna just say that it's different. He's definitely held accountable for his actions. Your mark as a, a writer, director, what, what do you want to leave people with? Either specifically um, about this project or this in your projects to come in general? Again, I, I, I just, I'm pretty consistent on, like, I'm big on personal development. You know what I mean? I listen to a lot. I do a lot. And so mm -hmm. you can kind of see that throughout all of my work. Because personal development is all about accountability, mm. all about accountability. Mm. And so, like I said, but I do it to hold people accountable. You have to kind of walk them there. You can't just hit people in the because they'll run. They'll run from it. And I think mm. I do a good job of walking <laughs> them there. And like I said, mm. a lot of it, I think I get them comfortable with how comfortable I am with talking about myself and my own flaws. It makes them comfortable talking about theirs or seeing themselves. <clears throat> well, we're going to have to definitely set up a master class because uh, I see a lot of filmmakers who are missing that element of truth and, and uh, openness <laughs> that makes it hard to kind of believe uh, the scenarios that are set forth uh, in the film or in the play or in the you know, arena. Uh, is film your only uh, outlet or will we see you on TV or plays or where else will we see you, sir? Right now is, is books and film. One of my investors are trying to get me to do a play, but I'm just, I haven't been led to that yet. I have to be, everything I've done so far, I've been inspired to do. And I I'm, think I'm going to keep moving that way. When it's time okay. for the play, Time for the play, but right now is is just books and and film. For you, for you, Cindy, in terms of uh, including now being an actress, what are some of the things that you look at in terms of a real good script? Definitely, you know, I want to play roles that are gonna bring light and help inspire people. Um, I'm okay with the drama and the comedy, but I do want to try to to leave a message out there. So those are the scripts that I would more so be inclined to audition for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how much of yourself do you bring to your characters? I would say definitely this one. I totally brought all of myself, um, which was easy to do. The style, the dress. Her just, I, it was very easy for me to be Evelyn Wilcox mm. from head to toe. Um, like I said, some of the her style and her therapeutic process a little different, but I then again I loved it. So I, mm. I kind of took that away and took parts of what Ev does and in incorporating it into what I do now. So I, I learned some things from the movie and from playing the therapist, how I can do it in my real life practice. Life imitating art. Yes. Is there a line from this play, whether it's yours or another character that stick out to you, Cindy? 
It was something that um, David mentioned about being unattractive. And actually, there's a lot of little lines, so I can't really give too much. But it was <laughs> one that you mentioned how you felt unattractive being in that group. And I remember me saying that to Mason, you know, you're good looking, you're this and that, but you're very unattractive. You've got this, this, and look at this. And I think that was kind of one of those whoa moments, eye opener for him to mm. reflect. David, is it, is it a line in this piece that kind of stays with you? Man. You said that to the right of all the lines. <laughs> all the lines stay with me. <laughs> I, all, of the, all of these characters were in my head. And so to, even during this interview, but I it's still different, It's different once you have, once another body breathes life into it. So some of those lines sound mm. differently with a Cindy saying it versus it just being something you've written out loud to yourself. Right. I'm going to leave it with the line that she said, because I, I don't want to give to, no, I think we gave a lot of the story away, so I don't want to give no more. There's a lot of sound, there's a lot of quotables. I'm going to say that the mm. people are going to walk away with. Mm. Which one of these characters do you, outside of the main character, of course, do you relate with, or did you have a discovery in this process that wasn't um, there? Just I think Ev, Mm-hmm. No, Ev, Ev, I relate to most. And I said this in a promo video I did the other day. Like, Ev is, is like the evolved version of me or like my conscience, like speaking to him. So like everything mm-hmm. that I've kind of learned about myself and about that behavior, I put into her character. Did you yeah. disclose that to her? Did you Was that part of your notes to her or... I don't know. I don't think I did. I don't think and no. I don't think I said that to yeah. But I think in your writing think- too though, it's it's written like you said to hold people accountable to see themselves. And as a therapist, mm-hmm. counselor, that's what I do. I want to draw you in. I want to make you comfortable. I want to build that trust mm-hmm. and relationship where you're going to talk and we can get down to the real nitty-gritty and see who you mm-hmm. are. And that's what you do in your writing. So I do see you, if I had to pick a person, of course, Mason, but if I really had to pick right. somebody else you could relate to, it would be Evelyn. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Does this, I mean, I love to see artists enjoy the work. And it's not just, oh, I'm going to learn these lines. I mean, go do this. But <laughs> be able to dissect and analyze and like Cindy said, take these things back and apply them to life. Um, it, I love to see that happen. And that's a good sign of not just a good writer, but a good leader. Uh, that meant you you really put a lot of uh, energy because I've heard her say she felt at home, she felt comfortable, and now understanding that she connected with your words, which is what this piece is. We wouldn't have this piece you can't, you can't have a bunch of actors and no words, but it, right. it, it says a lot about your style and your your leadership and your growth and your creativity that you're creating these types of environments uh, for um, your artists. And as an actor, uh, <clears throat> I want to, I want to roll. <laughs> oh, roll. man. Okay. I look, say no more. You know, <laughs> a trained actor. I'll send you my say resume no later. 
but it's, right, I, right. you don't hear about that. You know, even, and I'm a theater actor, and it's very, very rare that you get new scripts that that allow us to be complicated people. And as Black people in general, we shun being complicated because we, I just uh, did a, 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 a workshop and one of the things that a lot of the writers kept saying was they want to write and make us complicated and make us, you know, fanciful and make us, you know, the whole gamut of who we are. But we complain when we see ourselves be mirrored or off the screen or the TV or out of a book because we just so ashamed of who we've been that we don't want to see those that array of people being portrayed in these ways. So I, I thank you for just going against that grain and creating that complicated uh, cast of characters uh, that will show us in, in, in every different type of Black, every different type of person uh, we can be. Thank you, so, thank uh, you. Yeah, I, I, mm -hmm. go ahead. Now, you, I, just, I just try to shy away from the stereotypical roles, like because we're really comfortable playing those roles. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and and I just try to shy away from that. So to hear you say that, I appreciate hearing that because that's something. But I try even to in do. the stereotypical roles, a parts of that is who we are. It's just been magnified mm -hmm. and cartoonized and all those, but it's still a part of who we are. So every representation of us is as important as not. And I love when someone mm -hmm. can take something that hasn't been done or take something that's been done the wrong way and make it so believable and so significant. And you've added a mm -hmm. lot of um, integrity to what else. Because even, you know, the information that was sent to me, I'm like, I'm not. I've seen this before. I've interviewed this person before. No... I'm not getting involved in that. Mm -hmm. But just starting to, I do a lot of, you know, snooping on social media to understand who people are and just seeing <laughs> that. I, I mean, this is my, my platform. This is my brand. I got to make sure it's good. Right. But, I um, get it. Because I've made those mistakes before. And, I, and there have been people who've attempted this before. And it was, it was to defend that character versus to show the human mm -hmm. quality in that person. And that is a big difference when you're defending that character versus trying to expose who they really are and to show that and humanize them. So much success to you, brother. Much success to you, Miss Cindy. Uh, and much love to you for, for sticking to your passion and not uh, wavering. Because I know this pandemic has been tough on all of us. So uh, in all my shows with a question, uh, uh, I end each one of my shows with a question to my guest, um, and it is, what advice would you give to your 17-year-old self, and what question would you ask to your 100-year-old self? Mm. Wow. The advice I would give to 17-year-old self would be, don't doubt myself. Okay, you know, no don't doubt. Guess, don't doubt, doubt myself. The 100-year-old would be looking back over everything, just smiling and saying, you did it. You took all those risks. Mm, mm, yeah. mm. I like that. <laughs> you good, got me David, thinking, good? Yeah, because 
I'm a thinker, man. I like to be, and I'm like, what advice would I give to my 17-year-old self? I would just say, see, I, I don't, I think that everything and I, I I'm went gonna give through you the secret was to necessary. Answer this question. I'm going to give you the secret. To get me the advice rap, is not to necessarily yeah. change anything. Don't look at it as you yeah. want to help them change anything, but more so soften those blows. Because you know how hard-headed you were. Would you have listened to yourself mm. at this age? No. But just given planting that seed. Right. I would just say whatever you do, make sure that you're doing something that you love doing. Like that's the way you get the most fulfillment out of life is doing what you love. Mm. And you said, what would I ask my 100 year? What did you say? What, what, what would question I would you ask to your 100 year old self? <laughs> my 100-year-old self. I guess I would ask my 100-year-old self. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. What would I ask my 100-year-old self? Cause... So, so while you're thinking, yeah, I, I counsel a lot of artists, and these two questions are questions that I give them initially just to see where they are right now. So these, this is a good uh, meditation prompt for you, you know, randomly throughout life. Uh, and it tells you a lot mm. about where you are. You know, some, the advice you give, it can come from a loving place, a, a whole place, a happy place, a fulfilled place. Or it could do the exact opposite, come from a very dark, bitter, angry place. And your responses, even though it's just to yourself, will tell you where you are in the moment. And that question to your 17-year-old self, that advice to your 17-year-old self, and that question to your 100-year-old self will tell you a lot about where you currently are as a person, as a being, as a thought. Um, so I, I would suggest take it with you. And whenever you're in a space to meditate, just ask yourself that question. And it just gives you a lot of insight as to who you are. It really has helped me to kind of gauge where I need to go and what I need to do next. Uh, but it's not to mm -hmm. stump you, David, but it's more so just... Yeah, because, look, I'm, always, I'm over here like, I'm, a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm over here like, I'm always present. So, yeah, I hear mm -hmm. you. I feel you. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate you and anything that I can continue to do to support you as well as yourself, uh, Cindy, uh, don't hesitate. Uh, I'm here. This is always a platform for you to come and tell your story, share your story, um, and not just promote what you're doing, but just sharing your story and whatever you may have coming up at that moment. Um, I can't wait to see this. Uh, definitely send me the information and I'll definitely uh, support and sharing it out uh, and come out and support myself because I want to see I want to see what this resolve is uh, in this situation <laughs> and how we, uh, how we finish this, this puzzle. Yeah. Uh, but definitely uh, don't hesitate and much love and much uh, support and much praise to you as a director, as a writer, as a black male creative. And uh, Cindy, I, I, I can't wait to see what, what you got. I can't see it. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> uh, Y'all left us with no information, so now I got to come see you. But, uh, but uh, once again, uh, let us know when this will be premiering and how people can find tickets uh, and come out and support you. 
It'll be premiering September the 18th, but it'll be available to the public September 24th, 25th, and 26th. And you can get your tickets right now, uh, Wiseman Productions at eventbrite.com. Uh, Cindy, you have anything coming up? Anything we can help you support? Yes, I do. Uh, September 4th is at the Birchmere in Alexandria, the All-Star Purple Party. Mm-hmm. It's a Prince tribute. So, and I'm the dancer mm-hmm. for the band. So we do have that coming up. Tickets are for sale. You can go to the Birchmere uh, website mm-hmm. for tickets. Although Jenna and Entertainment definitely is a great uh, space. I love that space. So send me that information, uh, Cindy, and I'll share that out for you as well. And I love friends, so I might actually be in the building. Nice. Thank Uh, you. This has been another edition of the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Uh, Look out for us next week. Uh, David and his awesome group of artisans will be joining us again. So stay tuned, stay locked in. Don't forget the Artist Exchange every Friday at 5 p.m. live here only on BeExposedRadio.com. It's been me, your host, Nate. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, David. Uh, much Thank love, you. much support. Thank Peace you. Out. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. That was fun. Have a good evening. Be safe. On this side. On this side.